From the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Yes, we're live. We're back, and it's beautiful here in sunny slope, folks. It uh, really couldn't be much prettier. The mountains are green. The skies are blue. It could be like a song. I'm sure Xander will write it for us. Anyway, welcome back. Uh, looks like uh, we do have one line available, number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Sandy and Maricopa, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a Texas Ebony that about 15 feet tall. It was really green this fall, and right now it has yellow leaves on the top, pretty much all over the whole thing. Um, I thought I was overwatering with the rain and stuff, so I stopped watering. <laughs> Is there something I should do to it? Well, uh, Sandy, now would be a great time to fertilize. It's just warm enough for it okay. to really wake up and start to grow. It's probably just sleeping, you know. It's been a long, okay. it's been a long, cold, lonely winter for uh, Texas ebony. It's really a, a <laughs> yeah. heat loving tree, yeah. you know. And we went the longest time I could remember from the first week in November to the second week in uh, March without a day over eighty degrees. So it's been right. sleeping. Um, it probably hasn't needed any water all winter at all, but I would. Uh, Fertilizer right now. Do you have a lawn? Do you have any twenty one seven and fourteen lawn fertilizer? I do not. Is okay. that what I need? Well, you could use that. Any kind of tree and shrub food would be fine. Um, it doesn't make much difference. If you have Miracle Grow, you could use that. But give it some nitrogen. Okay. But you know, not even that until it's going to be about eighty five or ninety. So you might even wait a week or two before you feed it. it it's just in. You know, it's just sleeping. Yeah, I was hoping with the spring growth it would <laughs> oh, it, It'll green right up if you'll fertilize it. I mean, if you had just some ammonium sulfate or urea, just some kind of nitrogen, you know, it, it'll green okay. right up. But it's still kind of too cool for it to. Okay. Is it is there a particular brand that you sell that would be better? Um, you know, Sandy, it really is not going to make much difference for that tree. Whether you use, okay. you know, it just really needs some nitrogen and it needs some warm weather. So the weather is going right. to do as much as the fertilizer, but the combination would be great. You know, probably the best fertilizer we sell is our Organo Pro Citrus Fertilizer. And then we also have okay. one that's a 10-10-10. And what makes them good is they have chelated iron and sulfur. But, you know, aside from that, just a good balanced fertilizer will work fine for that tree. Okay. Yep. I'm traveling up that direction this week. Well, come so. by and see us, Sandy. We'll we'll do. Thank Thanks you. a lot. Bye bye. Uh, John and Sun City. Good morning, John. Hey. Good morning. My question is about uh, air spading. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you're familiar with it. If you well, there's air layering or air spading. What are you trying to do? Well, they are calling it air spading. Mm-hmm. Uh, I called a what I think is a reputable company here in town an arborist came out uh-huh. because i need to heavy prune this thing it's a big old tree uh-huh. and i i'm having a lot of it's got very compacted soil underneath it that's pretty obvious i've had trouble getting watering to depth and uh, what type of tree I, is it john 
It's a grapefruit tree. Okay, so the grapefruit trees in Sunset, I planted many of those myself back in the mid-70s, okay? And there were some before I got there. I had to get a driver's license. Before I could go out there and plant trees every day after school, you know, I had to get a driver's license. But um, anyway, that heavy clay soil, there's no problem with that heavy clay soil growing citrus. Uh, You can grow citrus easier in Sun City than most places in the valley. And typically what you have there is heavy clay soil, and down below you have caliche. Okay, and nothing's going to really go through the cliche. I mean, you you can jackhammer it, you could cut it with air, you can cut all different kinds of ways, but it's really not a problem for the citrus. And, and it's a, it's a good thing that we have that clay on the cliche because then we can maintain our citrus and not really waste a lot of water. You don't lose any water in Sun City. I mean, a little bit on the surface evaporation is about it. So if you want to grow a you know a happy grapefruit there, how how's your tree look now? Well, it looks a little stressed. Yellow leaves, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, that sort of thing. I, I believe uh, a little, it appears to be some type of insect is, has affected some of its leaves, and that's never happened before. So it, it's showing signs of stress. Even the, the guy, when he first looked up at it, you know, said, well, it does seem like it's a little stressed. Okay, but well, here's the deal. We, covered, we... I may not water it quite as much as I should or as deep as I should. Uh, so I imagine that's a fact. Well, the water, the water can only go two foot deep because then it's going to hit caliche. So it's not going no any deeper, what. no matter what you do, unless you want to dynamite. You know, if you want to, you know, drill down there with a drill bit, a big auger, and bring in a drill truck yeah. and drill through that caliche, and you know, put in some C four plastic yeah. explosive and raise the tree up and fracture the ground. You can do all those things, but it probably don't need to do any of those things. What, what I would really recommend, and and the, what you've seen eaten on foliage that I've seen more this year than in years because of our great weather, has been the big yeah. black and yellow caterpillars. They're out there laying their larvae on there, and there's big worms out. They're feeding on them and a lot of grasshoppers, and they're not going to hurt the tree at all. You know, they're really not. I, I always enjoyed seeing them in the groves. But at any rate, what you want to do at this time of year, if you want to help that soil out, you could buy a product called Alkalichi. Okay, and you should be able to buy that a lot of nurseries and places. And basically, it's an acid with iron and some nitrogen, and you could put a gallon underneath a tree. And you could take it underneath the tree and put a gallon of alkalichi. That's going to help the soil drain better. Okay. And it's going to, uh, you know, that with a little more work on your biology will do really well. If you really want to build that soil up happy, fertilize it heavy right now with chicken manure. And work the chicken manure in. And, and the chicken manure we have now is usually pelletized stuff from, from Hickman's. And so it's only 3% nitrogen. You don't get as much burn chance as you would with other manures. But it, uh, and you gotcha. also don't get the nitrogen, but it'll work fine. Work that in around and underneath it and uh, use a gallon of alkalichi. Then if you want to come back this summer and put some gypsum under it, that will be beneficial too. That's going to help your soil and build it up. But using an organic fertilizer will build your soil. And, um, I, I think your tree will come back fine on its own uh this winter your tree hasn't needed to be watered since december you know it's been pretty wet and they don't like to stay too wet and especially in the winter time but uh you know if you get it kind to a regular watering cycle and that for your area now is once every two weeks no more often than that and if you go out and stick a screwdriver in the ground it's still wet don't even do that the only reason why you'd water it now is to get the alkalichi in and to get some chicken manure down so if you wanted to spread the alkalichi around it spread the chicken manure underneath it and come in and and, uh, water it one 
time, good and deep. Uh, that'll be fine. When you water it, you want to put three or four inches of water in your well. Your well should be at least two-thirds as wide as the tree. And let that water okay. go down. It's only going to go two feet anyway because it's then it's going to hit the caliche. And, John, your tree should recover quickly. And this is the very absolute best time, best week, best day of the year to go out and do these things. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, what? So you're, it sounds to me like you wouldn't recommend any deep root uh, feeding either. Then, well, really you necessary. can't feed deep roots that aren't there, right? Mm, uh, yeah, probably. I mean, all the roots <laughs> on your tree are going to be within two foot of the surface. Yeah. Because okay, when you John. go down below two foot, most places in Sunset, you're going to hear rock. John, I was out there with a rock bar knocking holes whenever before I tried to play oh, yeah. college football and that stuff out in Sun City every day. We didn't have jackhammers back then, and our trees yeah, were no, much I heavier. They were field dug. <laughs> I got in great shape yeah. in Sun City. <laughs> I can relate. I own a digging bar. Just can't use it anymore. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm sure I own some somewhere, but I certainly don't want to use them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, one one more quick add to that. Then I have a lot of roots that show on the surface. Uh huh. Should I be concerned about no, that? No, that's or just good and healthy. No, but what it might tell me if you see yeah. them all the way up on the surface, you might be watering too frequently. Oh. Okay. Okay. Because Sun City, you, you know, once every two weeks, spring and falls max. Once a week in the middle of the summer is maximum. No more than that. More than that, can, you could have phytophthora and problems. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, sir. I sure appreciate your time. Have thank a fine you. day, John. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, Becky in Scottsdale. Good morning, Becky. Good morning, Brian. Nice to listen to you every week. We have been following your watering and fertilizing schedules for our three citrus trees for many years, and they've always thrived and done well. But we've had a problem with our tangelo this year. It had more fruit on it than it's ever had, but with all the rains and the cold over the winter, the fruit was dropping off quite rapidly all the time. And now we've just, um, there's no fruit left on the tree at this point. We had it pruned pretty severely about three weeks ago, and it had been dropping lots of leaves. It's still dropping leaves, and so we're kind of concerned what's going on. The other two, our lemon tree and our Arizona sweet, look perfect. Becky, where do you live in Scottsdale across from? We we live at about Frank Lloyd Wright and Shea, just north Mm -hmm. of Salt River Pima Reservation. Okay. Um, So, you know, basically, it hasn't needed much water. Okay. Right. Uh, we haven't watered over all the rainy periods we've had. We just started doing it recently with uh, fertilizing it. And that's perfect. You know what? Just stand back. Leave it alone. Okay. And I think you'll find that it's going to pop a lot of new foliage and come back out. Um, okay. You, you could throw a little bit of sol- soil sulfur on it if you want to. Okay. Which would okay. be a good thing uh, next time you irrigate. Um, but aside from that, I think it'll be fine. Okay, great. Uh, well, that's what we were hoping to hear from you. Thank you so watch, much. Watch to see that you don't develop any bleeding sap because that would be a sign of phytophthora. And if you really think your tree's not happy, dig down and dig up some of the roots and see if the roots are, are kind of firm and white, which they should uh-huh. be. If okay. they're soft and mushy, you might have a soil fungus problem, which you'd want to treat. But okay. you know what? You can call this show as often and even as many times on a weekend as you like. And if, okay, you, if, you, see the, if you see those conditions better, Becky, just give us a call again. We'll let you know. Okay, thank you, Brian. Appreciate it so thank much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have two lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Well, you done. 
Done, done me and you bet I felt it I tried to beat you But you're so hot that I melted I fell right through the cracks Now I'm trying to get back Before the cool done run out I'll be giving it my best This and nothing's gonna stop me But divine intervention I reckon it took in my turn To win some or learn some But I won't It's a take no more, no more. It cannot wait. I'm yours. Especially when I've got Shira in the back singing and dancing. You know, that makes it even harder. Welcome back, folks. Beautiful morning out there. And uh, we'll get right back to the phones because there are full. The number to call is one's available. 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Jason, good morning. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Excellent, sir. Thanks for asking. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, so I had a kind of a two-part question. First, I've got a plum tree that's, uh, and when it's grown in, it's probably 25 foot tall. It's a pretty good-sized plum tree. And over the last couple of years, I've been losing some branches to death off of the west-facing side of the tree. And this year, you can see a pl- pretty good split going up the trunk. But uh, it's all full of blooms already with what's left of the tree, but everything that's healthy is on the east side of the tree. Uh, what do you think would be causing something like that? Well, I'm going to play you a song in the next break. It's, uh, it's called Desperados by Jerry Jeff Walker. It's time to say goodbye to your friend, okay? So plant a new tree somewhere. It uh, would have been nice to have pruned it back, you know, more earlier in the season. Uh, you know, the tree was probably hurt a couple years ago when it was really hot, but it's running out of time because of age, Jason. And, um, okay. you know, so if it's that big and as you're describing, I would, I would start a young one, uh, enjoy this one while it's there. If you want to try and get it to go a couple more years, uh, put it back hard next winter, but not now. So you'd want to really you butcher, got it. And then, butcher it back next year in January. Okay. And then let me ask you one last thing. So I got me a new power tool and you know how that always goes. <laughs> And I had some oleanders, about 60 foot of them, probably 20 foot tall. So I started to prune those back yesterday, and they were all dead in the center. So we've cut them all the way back to about knee height now. You must have just, like a hedger. You know, at the farms, we get big power tools we do things like that with. <laughs> well, we, we did. I went with a hedger and then ended with a chainsaw. So <laughs> okay. It's tra- kind of like trying to just slightly trim your beard a little bit away from you. But I figure, would it be okay to just blast it with some balanced fertilizer and keep it watered? It should come back. It, it's there to cover one of those uh, view fences that you see from the common area. Jason, so, there's no reason you even have to fertilize it. You know, as it warms up no, this just, spring, it, it'll come back. And I would think by the end of May, it'll probably be six feet tall. Perfect. Thank you so much, Brian. You have a wonderful weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, James in Peoria. Good morning, James. Good morning. Yes, sir. Uh, I um, have a, a two-part question about Bermuda. Uh, I'm redoing my yard. It's pitiful. We bought the house two years ago. Sprinkler system was awful. Grass was awful. I'm ripping it out and starting again. Um, so I'm going in with the rototiller. Uh, I'm going to trench it and put the sprinklers in. Is there anything I should rototill in with it as I'm breaking it up? And the second part of the question is I have free-range rabbits who mm-hmm. I'm trying to feed. And... 
do I need to do anything to counteract their natural fertilization? I know it's pretty nitrogen high, mm-hmm. um, and there's five of them. I got about 5,000 square feet of grass. Is there is that too much nitrogen? Is, yeah, yeah it'll, it'll that? burn. Well, eat them. Right now is the perfect time. They're still edible, and uh, cotton tails are quite <laughs> quite tasty. You know, and I'm having the hardest time at the nursery. We've got a family of cotton tails around more than I'd like to see, and they're getting into our flowers at night and stuff. And I'll be darned if I can't find a kid just to go eat them. You know, because rabbits are really good, and now's the time you can get them. And you got a pelican. If not, you can go get one and eat those rabbits. But to help your lawn out. What you want to do is probably throw some gypsum on it, and you could probably okay. put a 50-pound bag for every 200 square feet, and that's going to help your drainage and things. And because you're mixing that all up before you replant anyway, you might as well add some. Well, I'm, I'm not going to tell my wife you said to eat her pet rabbits. Oh, they're um, pet rabbits? Wait a minute. Are these like black and white or are they brown? There, there are a, a couple of lops and a couple of lion heads, and they're kind of a little variety. Well, okay, that's different. Now we used to raise rabbits too, and uh, you know we we raised rabbits. I, I grew up here in Sunny Slip. We were, those were different rabbits, you know. And our dogs used to sneak out of our house, you know, and they used to chase jackrabbits in the mountains. Which that was good exercise for the dogs. They never caught many, but one time our dogs back, brought back somebody's pet bunnies, and then our dog came back the next day with a very swollen head. Which which it well deserved, and then we managed to keep our dogs pinned up. We never found out where the pet bunny came from that day, but uh, that that's a sad thing. So no, there there's a there's a big difference in rabbits. But yeah, if you can, whatever you can do to uh, those areas, you know where they're going, especially if you have does, you know you can come back and mitigate that. It will help. Okay, thank you, sir. Thanks, James. Bye bye. Uh, Mike and Mesa. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Hello, can you hear me? Very clearly, sir. Very clearly. Oh, good. I got a couple of questions here. My uh, yellow bells, I got some mature eight-foot yellow bells in each corner, and they just look terrible. Mm -hmm. And uh, I fertilized them about a month ago. And uh, is it just the weather or it's what they... they just need this thing called sunshine on a cloudy day, you know, and it's really been uh, cold outside. So they're looking for, you know, the month of May. And when it gets a little okay. hotter, they're going to really crank. But uh, they'll start to wake up now. And as it hits, you know, oh, 70, 80, 85, you know, our yellow bells at the nursery in our colder yard down on 30th Street, uh, they're completely bare right now. And they haven't popped uh-huh. a bud yet, and they won't until it's going to be consistently 80. But uh, we know those okay. things are going to happen, so you'll be fine. All right. And my other question, also a month ago or so, I put down uh, Roundup, like, kills weeds but not the lawn on my lawn in the back here. And it seemed to do very little in the nutgrass or whatever it is, uh, I tell my wife, if it's green now, this time of the year, it's a weed. And <laughs> it's not going to kill nutgrass. So that kind of things, it's you're stuck with it, or you well, do no, it by hand? You, you, or no, how do you no, get rid of well, it's, well, what you do is you, you you get a fence, and you put it around your yard, and you flood irrigate it about four inches deep, and then you go get a hog. 
and don't feed them <laughs> and let them root out those little nuts. But yeah, that's probably going to be harder to sell her than you know, with your wife than using a chemical. And what you really want to yeah. do with nutgrass is you want to spray it when it's very actively growing. And the best time is to hit it once in April, probably again in the middle of the summer. And then the last time when you get the best kill is going to be about the 1st of October. And there's a product called Sedgehammer. Like sledgehammer, but sedgehammer. Okay, it could be yeah. honestly nut sedge, or there's a Monterey nut gut grass control, and either one of those will work on it. Neither one's going to be a hundred percent. It's the hardest thing to kill because it has that you know little tuber that's down about a foot below grade. But um, mm-hmm. if you stay with it and are persistent, you can get rid of it. Sedgehammer, right? Mm-hmm. But not now. Okay, you really you really want to let the we you know you don't grow ryegrass. I take it. No, no. Okay. Yeah, so the best time to spray this hedge hammer is to uh, mow the yard really short, like in May when it's growing fast. Skip a mowing, okay? And the nutgrass mm-hmm. will outgrow the Bermuda grass. Come back oh, yeah. and, and spray the nutgrass, okay? And do the same thing once again about the end of July, 1st of August. And then the last application, you know, would be somewhere there about the 1st of October. And that's when okay. it really works the best because it's basically taking all that starch and putting it down in that nut. And that's when you can send the chemical down with the starch to kill it. All right. This is the year I'm going to get rid of it. Okay. <laughs> all right, Mike. Good good Bye. luck to you, sir. Bye-bye. Uh, Bob and Chandler. Hello, Bob. Hey, how you doing there, Brian? Wonderful. Thank you. Hey, I was going to ask you a question. I've got this lawn that lives with rye grass in the front yard. It looks beautiful every year uh, up until uh, the middle of uh, or just before summer when it gets really hot or around summertime. And what happens is the, uh, of course, the Bermuda dies off and the, the uh, I mean, uh, the rye dies off. The Bermuda comes up and then underneath this ash tree that I have, it's always, it never grows. It just kind of fizzles out and it's brown and it's just, uh, it looks awful. And the association will send me a letter saying I have to restore the grass and I do what I can, but nothing seems to grow underneath it. Do you have any idea of what I could put underneath there um, other than just putting rock, I guess? Uh, well, we, we, what we need to area? do, Bob, is we need to work on the whole process, okay? So if you want to have a happy summer lawn, you got to kill the winter lawn, okay? And the time to kill right. the winter lawn is, you know, mid-April, 1st of May. So, okay. And to, and to do that, what you do is you basically shut the water off when it's hot. You know, it's got to be like 90, 95 degrees. If it's not 90, 95 degrees, let the rye go. When it's 90, 95 okay. degrees, then what you want to do is just shut the water off and don't mow. Okay, so you skip a mowing, you get the rye tall, it gets stressed, and it's kind of hurting, and you come back and scalp it, just like if you're planting ryegrass. And at that same time, what you want to do under that tree, you want to rake all that ground under there, and you want to seed dichondra. And dichondra is a little okay. round clovery plant that does a lot better in the shade than Bermuda grass. So seed the dichondra, okay? And uh, you won't have to mow into there because it's going to take a while to come up. Mow the rest of the yard short, you know, fertilize, and the Bermuda grass will come in quicker and happier and healthier. And the dichondra at the same time be germinating grown under that tree. And somewhere there by okay. about the first part of August, you should have a really nice, you know, lawn. Okay, so the dichondra will look 
pretty close to. I mean, it's more of a clover type of a look. It is, you know, it, it's, it's it's an Arizona lawn. You know, if you go to where it's irrigated, yeah. you know, like Mesa and Phoenix and the big irrigated Gilbert, you know, the irrigated lawns, you're going to find a, uh-huh. a very you know broad combination of things. But the predominant two species that are there are Bermuda grass and Ticonderoga because they're both perennial, and uh, okay. and that's what works. And they always mix because the Ticonderoga is going to choke out the Bermuda grass and thrive in the shade, and the Bermuda grass is going to do what better in the sun right right so really the, the key with for uh, with the rye and i you know is really defecting it almost twice a year well the key with, with rye and the rye well the key with the the key with the rye is to kill the rye early enough so the bermuda grass stays healthy so you really right, have to, in the right. Bermuda grass needs a long enough growing season. I mean, naturally, Bermuda grass grows here, you know, from the end of March, and it stays green all the way through November. Um, and okay. that, that's the norm. But, you know, now when right. we oversee with and we used to have cheap rye that was annual rye that we would plant in October. It would grow super fast. And as soon as it hit 90, it would die because it was annual rye grass. It wasn't very pretty, and it was coarse, and it grew really fast. You know, I don't even right. think anybody sells annual rye grass anymore. And uh, this right, new perennial right. rye grass is, like it said, its name, it's perennial, and so it lasts until June, so it's very hard in the Bermuda grass. Would you would you put some like additional uh, Bermuda seed down every year too? In no, the spring you shouldn't well, have. You shouldn't have. No, you shouldn't have shouldn't to have at all. It. Now there, okay. there there is another okay. option. Okay, the other option is is if you're married and your wife really loves the ryegrass, you know, and it's and she's going to give you a really hard time in April killing it, you know, because it's going to be like knockout dead gorgeous in April. I mean, I guarantee you when you're right. trying to kill it that. Then what you do is under the tree, the ryegrass probably does fine under the tree in the winter, right? It's all green now. Oh, it, is, it looks great. Okay. Looks so great. Th- then what you do, okay, is as the Bermuda grass dies out, you know, you make sure you get a really nice mowing like the first or second week of June on that ryegrass, and you'll go buy some mm-hmm. lawn paint, and you paint that ryegrass, and then you don't mow that area anymore. So the ryegrass is going to be there. It's going to be dead. Okay, and mm. uh, but it's going to be green because you painted it. And yeah, then, well, that's no, an option. Yeah, well, and then okay, what you do is you come back and you plant your rye in August, right? And okay. so the rye will come up just fine in August. Plant your rye in August, and you know by the end of August you have a lawn again. It's all green. Yeah, and um, yeah. And if you don't, you know, mind the association, what you do is you just let it all go bad and you leave for the summer and come back and plant your eye. <laughs> that way they can't find you <laughs> okay. to, to track you down to give you a hard time. That's right. <laughs> no, I got to remember that one. <laughs> so, good, good well, listen, Bob. I appreciate it. I was looking, I was looking at the Dichondra and, uh, you know, I think that might be an option. It was kind of, kind of a more of a clover look, but I guess if it's kind of mixed in there and it's underneath the tree, it might not look too bad. It, so, it'll look fine. Um, we'll it'll, try be, that. it'll be green. It's hardy. And, uh, but it's just to do that, you have to transition out of the rye. You know, you need to do it. Yeah. Early. You have to plant the Dichondra every year with a Dichondra seed or no, that no. automatically. Once the Dichondra is there, it's there. It's a permanent perennial grass. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Well, thank you. A lot of I grass, appreciate that. Plant. Thanks, Bob. Bye bye. And it looks like the uh, the amazing Troy Barrett's wandered into the studio here. And uh, hey, Troy, maybe when you have a little time after the news, we could talk about skipping and singing. All right, we'll be right back after the news with Troy here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday morning from seven to nine on ninety two point three FM KTAR. Fingers to 
go and uh, special memories in life that we have and we share or really the things that keep us going. Anyway, welcome back, folks. And it looks like we have two lines available. A number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Corey in Phoenix. Good morning, Corey. Good morning, Brian. I um, have a, basically a major question on blackberries, but real quick, I have a question. I have a bunch of California poppies in my backyard, and I have a bunch of dandelions. I have a turf herbicide for grassy and broadleaf weeds. It's called Q4+. Plus. Can I spray that without hurting those uh, California poppies? No. <laughs> okay. Absolutely not. I'll keep picking them out individually. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, there's, um, you know, it's, it's going to kill the poppies. But, you know, the okay. poppies are going to die pretty soon anyway, but then so are the dandelions. So, I mean, it's just kind of... Right, right. That's true. Yeah, but as they get bigger and before they go to seed, I've just been pulling them. Yeah. But um, the main, main questions, I have four of them, regarding all about blackberries. Now, my planting of them, I'm in Sunny Slope, but you can't go with the soil because I had chickens in the area that they were in, and then I put about eight inches of mulch. And then they've been in there about six years now. They're facing the northeast wall. Uh-huh. And it's the bed is about 15 by 10 feet wide already. Okay. And I wanted to know first on spraying for morning glories and the Bermuda. I know I have fusillade. Will that affect the blackberries? And then the morning glories, wild morning glories from the neighbor came over and take over in the, in the middle of summer. No, the fusillade is going to be a selective. It's going to work really well on Bermuda grass. It's not going to hurt the berries. Perfect. And then as far as the morning glories that keep coming up, is this the morning glories, you know, there, there's a reason why they were banned here. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're pretty yeah, they're darn pretty. tough to kill. Um, and, okay. and even the 2,4-D and things don't work very well. But honestly, the best way to get rid of morning glories, you know, permanently is to uh, spray them in the fall when they'll take more, you know, down into the root system and kill them better. Uh, you can spray okay. them and burn them back this time of year. They'll knock them out pretty well. But uh, or if they're, you know, where you can dig them out, it's better to dig them out. Okay. And then uh, pruning on those, is this a good time? And then how do I do the lateral shoots? And Oh, and the blackberries? Um, yeah. So do you have them against the fence or a trellis or what are they on? Nope. They're just open, open field. Kind of like it. Basically, my grandparents had um, had a, a woods and I'm kind of letting it grow like that where mm-hmm. I just go out and pick them. But I haven't been getting a lot of fruit and I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to do this year. Was trying to get more fruit, and I think I'm doing doing something wrong, which was ignoring them all together. So I'm trying to do 
Yeah, it's going to be easier to harvest them if you prune them, you know, way back in the wintertime and you have a denser, okay. younger plant. You're going to have the younger, you know, but it's almost they are They're probably already leafing out right now, aren't they? Yeah, they're leafing on. That's why I started pruning some of them that were encroaching into my grape area. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I ah, better call Brian. Well, yeah, <laughs> you, you know, moderate pruning would be fine. But what I would do next year is um, I'd kind of butcher them back. You know, and if you want to keep them easier to harvest, what you might want to do is get some animal wire and put up some posts in between them or right down the middle okay. of the group and then shear them back to the side so they're growing more vertical and not as wide as they normally do and uh, okay. the, the biggest reason for that Corey is it's going to be a lot easier for you to harvest the fruit without to get all the way back into the middle of the plant you know so that that would be a lot easier thing to set them all up that way but you're, you're kind of late in the season right now to do that so I, I would just enjoy okay. them for the season maybe do a little bit of moderate pruning and the next year I'd butcher them Why you butcher them I mean you can cut them way back and then come through and add some support to put in the center and raise the vertical yeah. height up to maybe six or eight feet if you're going to have them out there and uh, in the middle of an area it's open and, okay. and that so way you can harvest wait. them a lot easier you tell me to cut them way back like you're talking 20 inches you're talking yeah, 30 20, inches? 20 inches yeah just, just okay, butcher just where the main breaks are, the main, main yeah, just, and just take, okay. you know, an older plant, you're not going to hurt a blackberry. I mean, I don't no. know if you've been to Oregon and Washington where they grow wild in the Christmas tree farms trying to tag Christmas trees, but, you know, they're my biggest nemesis, but they taste good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, fertilizing for, for more blooming right now. There, uh, I got well, higher, higher phosphorus fertilizer. So if you wanted to use something just basic, you could use like a 1620, or if you wanted okay. to put more into it, buy some super bloom. Okay. And then is it too late in the day to do that, or is that better to do it at night or morning? It doesn't make any – you can put, try to foliar feed them or – Yeah, I'm just going to foliar feed them. Yeah, foliar, foliar feed them you know, it would be best to do uh, early in the morning or in the evening, you know, afternoon. Um, okay. Just not in the middle of the day. It's fine because – but even that probably wouldn't hurt this time of year. It's not that hot. You know, if we yeah, hit well, 80 today, it's going to be warm, so it's not going to bother them. All right. The last question I have is transplanting. Um, I have one that's kind of too close to that east wall. It might get scorched during the summer. Um, is it bad time? Am I, have I missed the bug? Well, it's, it's a little later, but, you know, if you cut it back to, you know, 18 inches above the ground and transplant, you do fine right now. Okay. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Corey. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. You do the same thing. Uh, Terry in North Phoenix. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Excellent. And you? Outstanding. Brian, uh, first question. My wife noticed, like, a yellow fuzzy ball on our live oak tree leaf. Mm-hmm. Is this anything we should be concerned about? No, or? it's 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 really a little wasp, a little parasitic wasp that gets in there, and it's a wasp skull, okay. and it's not going to hurt the tree. We we don't have that okay. many here in Phoenix. In you know, places like in the south, where the live oaks are predominant species, there are a lot of them, but uh, it's not okay. a problem for the tree. Ah, very good. You made my day. Thank you very much, and I really and truly enjoy your show. Well, thanks for being part of it, Terry. It's what makes my show the easiest show that any host does on radio are the wonderful participants that we have from the, you know, the valley here. And, and well, and then we even get a caller from Atlanta once in a while, but, uh, you know, it really makes my life so easy when everybody calls and we just have these nice early morning conversations. Oh, great. Well, I got, I got to mention the staff here, though, too. Between, you know, between Sheer and Troy, we, we've got a pretty phenomenal staff as well. You got you got a great team, not only on the radio, but also at your stores, at your locations. 
Well, we appreciate you being part of it, you know, and, and it used to be I got paid to be on the radio and now I have to pay them for all the time. So we appreciate the support, you know, come out and see us, you know, after the shows and we appreciate that. Thank you. You have a great day now. You too, Terry. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, I almost ran that into a commercial, but the problem is we do have to take a break real quick. Uh, we're going to come back with Susan, Lynette, and Fred. If you'd like to be after Fred, all you have to do is give us a call. The lovely Shira here is, is here at 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back in the 40s, continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. We deliver plan guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. No jobs too big, none's too small. From citrus trees to ash trees, you know, right now, as you think of the spring, you know, ashes, elms, pistachios, and then we have the live oaks, which are going to be waking up. We have beautiful fruitless olives like Swan Hills. We also have great mesquites and desert trees and ironwoods. But whatever your dream for the perfect garden, come out and see us. We deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. We started a long time ago, but continue for four generations. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 26470 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. We're open Monday through Saturdays, 8 to 530, Sundays, 10 to 4. And Monday through Saturdays, if you're down around Casa Grande or Maricopa, you can go visit our big tree farm in Stanfield, Stanfield Road, about a half mile south of Interstate 8. Woodfield Nursery for three generations, growing trees here, no, four generations, Hopefully, one of these days, five generations growing trees here for Arizona's future. Uh, next up, we have Lynette in Florence. Hi, Lynette. Hello, Brian. Hello. Yeah, I'm calling about. I'm calling about my hibiscus tree. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've had it about three years. It's in a twenty gallon pot and it's about six feet tall and it's getting real leggy. You know the stems that come off of it or the wood. If they're like 12 inches long, and then there's a clump of leaves right on the end of the stem. Mm-hmm. Do I need to cut this back? Uh, it'll come back a lot fuller and be nicer. I think it would be a great plan, Lynette. What I would do with it is um, if you want it to kind of continue to look good, you know, for the for the time as it's transitioning, what I would do is take like half of the long stems coming out and cut those back today. 
Okay, and when the buds okay. come out on the ends of the ones you come back, you cut back uh, in a couple weeks, then cut it back again. You know, the weather has just been so fantastic. We're just really not hot enough for hibiscus to really kick in yet. You know, and they like 85 to 100 is like when they're their happiest. So it's been a little cool for them still. But if you wanted to prune something today, prune that portion back. When that portion you prune back throws new buds, cut the rest back. And uh, one of these days it's going to be 90 degrees and it's going to be a very happy plant again. <laughs> well, if the stem is like 12 inches long, mm-hmm. how far back would I cut that? Probably halfway. Okay. All right. Great. I'll get started on it today for half of it. All right. Thanks, Lynette. All right. Thanks, Brian. Uh, let's see. Next we have Susan and Glendale. Hi, Susan. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Excellent. Thank you for asking. And, you know, the best, most important thing is I'm happy. Good. You sound happy. And I'm sorry about your situation a couple weeks ago. I think it was a pet that you lost. No, it was a cousin. But you know what? I'm so sorry. When you have a big family, you know, you have the joy of having a lot of people. And yeah. uh, and then they're all very special and they're all loved and and when you lose one they're always missed but you know the nice parts we're going to see them later and they're always in our heart. That's right. That's right. Hopefully they're in a better place. My question and I know you've gotten a bunch of them is about the weeds. Mine are so bad in my backyard and um, I was looking at buying some seventy five percent vinegar. Um, on Amazon and putting them in a sprayer. Should I use that or is that too strong, too dangerous? I also have chickens. They're not anywhere around them, the weeds. They've already eaten all the weeds from the one end. I just can't have them in the backyard eating and then pooping and having my dogs run out and eat the chicken poop. (laughs) (laughs) I totally totally get it, Susan. Vinegar doesn't usually work, okay? Your best bet is... to take the chickens out, you know, but I understand the dogs and chicken issue. <laughs> Do your dogs and chicken get along pretty well? No, not at all. The okay. dogs will eat the chickens. I got standard poodles. Well, you, they don't you, like the chickens. Your dogs can be trained. They might not like well, them. Uh, yeah, they love the chickens. They love to play with them until the chickens quit playing. Let's put it that way. <laughs> 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 when they're done playing, they're not getting back up. So, well, I, I had a friend, Stephen, and you know, and, and he uh, he had chickens and dogs, and it got to mm-hmm. be a problem. So he got this little thing called a shot collar. You know, yeah, and, I got uh, one. And, and to the point where when the when the dog would run out, he would get close to the chicken and turn around. <laughs> <laughs> he, I might have to uh, he, he put knew, my uh, he, he shot collar on my dog today. Knew, he knew that that electrical chicken was not one to play with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, it's true. So I mean, it's like, you know, a chicken can walk down one side of the road, the dog would turn and walk the other way. It's like, oh, man, we're not messing with those chickens. But, uh, I look forward to that day. I love my chickens. Um, one other quick question. I was at Costco, and they had some trees from Dave Wilson uh-huh. Farms, and they had a cherry tree. I have never known a cherry tree to grow here. Is that true, or is there a certain varieties? Um, me too. I've never known a cherry tree to grow here. Okay. Okay. And I've got, money. And I got some good friends with the Dave Wilson guys, but you know, you can certainly try one. They're supposed to be low chill and you can refer mm-hmm. to the Dave Wilson site and they, they are very good experts. And that's a, it's a very credible nursery. Okay. Uh, but so were you guys, I try to buy at least a tree a year from you guys. But my thoughts on cherry trees is that, you know, as long as you're willing to take a risk, you know, right. it, it's, it's, I, I don't know that they're going to work or not. 
You know, and if we didn't try right. new things, we'd never find out. But I'm certainly not going to tell you you're going to have success. But I'm also one that's been around the gardening business long enough to learn to never tell you no. Right. Thank you. One quick question. Can I show prank carrot seeds, um, rooting vegetable seeds, or is it too late? No. You can plant carrots and radishes almost every month of the year. Perfect time to plant carrots okay. and radishes. Thank you for your time, Brian. I appreciate it so much. Good luck. Good luck with those chickens, Susan. You know, my, my wife's kind of jealous. You know, and well, we had we had chickens down on our farm and uh, well, our farm, one of our nurseries in South Phoenix. That you know, we had a predator come in and visit them and, and wiped out our hands. Oh gosh, it's pretty sad. But now the dogs are trainable, and the dogs are good oh, defense. Are, and the dogs are good defense against the other predators for the chickens. Uh, now the waste portion is wonderful for the weeds, and it's wonderful for everything else growing there. But um, I. Think I think your only real solution would be manually removing the weeds or turning the chickens loose. I'm going to turn the chickens loose right now and keep the dogs in the house. All righty. Good luck, Susan. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Fred in Peoria. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, sir. I have a question for you. I was wondering, I'm looking for some five-gallon rosewood bushes. I was wondering if you have any of those in any of your... uh, facilities. I've got a nice crop coming up, Fred. You know, several hundred of them. Um, I'm not sure what we have in stock. I would have to call the nurseries. I know down where we're growing them. I've got a good-sized crop coming up that'll be ready in April. But uh, as far as what we have for inventory, uh, I would have to check. I mean, you could call the nursery Glendale Avenue. Uh, their number is 944-8479. You could pull it up on the internet. But it, uh, they should have them. But if they don't, I know we're growing a lot. Hey, Fred. I appreciate you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's see. Yvonne, Patrick, Scott, and Ted, I'll take you all off the air because we are running out of time. We appreciate the calls. We appreciate Xander with the lovely music. We've got Troy here with the news. And we're sorry we didn't make it to skipping and singing, but we're going to be skipping, singing, and whistling next weekend here at the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. All you have to do is join us next Sunday morning. Let's go out and love each other, be kind to our friends, but most importantly, uh, find a place to agree with those who we think differently from and that's what makes this country special our diversity our strength our culture our religion that we have none special and we can all work together be back with you here next sunday with the woodfield nursery garden show